Good morning, world. Welcome to Zen Dependently Minded. If you are a new or returning listener, I hope you enjoy this episode. And if you're interested in more content like this, and even combat sports podcasts, stay tuned because it's only going to get bigger and better from here. The opinions and views expressed on this show are purely satirical and the result of free speech because I am an American and I can say what the fuck I want to. So, welcome back to the show, guys. I hope you've been enjoying these episodes, and I hope you're learning something, or you're having fun, you're laughing. I don't know if I'm funny. I think I'm funny sometimes. Some friends and family that I know think I'm funny. They could just be being nice, I'm not sure, but... Ah, Italian coffee's the best. Anybody who is... Who actually genuinely likes coffee, like the bean, the the coffee for the coffee, and they're not just drinking half creamer and half coffee like I did when I was a kid. You got it. You got to try Italian coffee, real Italian coffee. If you ever get the chance, if you're ever able, before you have kids, or if you're just able to come to Europe and you can try any kind of coffee, try coffee in every country that you're in. But you'll be hard pressed to find coffee that's better than Italian coffee, straight up. I've been there a couple times. Had coffee both times I was there, multiple different places, and if you, you know, coffee's an acquired taste, it's kind of like whiskey, I heard. You either like the taste of, you know, the beans, you actually genuinely like coffee, or you don't, to each their own, but I know I love coffee, and I've been drinking Italian coffee a lot, I've been getting it at the grocery store, I have a little espresso machine, man, never gets old, the smell, taste, everything about it's great. German coffee is really good too. I've had coffee in France. Just European coffee is just way better than American coffee. And I'm not trying to be like, I'm not trying to be snobby or anything, because I'm about to go back to the States. I'm about to, you know, I'm gonna try my absolute best to not be snobby. But if someone tries to hand me some coffee, I'm gonna be like, is this really coffee or is this taster's choice? <laughs> but anyway, if you can try some Italian coffee, definitely go do it. But, so, Bill Gates, Bill Gates has been talked about a lot recently, obviously, Bill Gates is, if you haven't heard already, Bill Gates is getting a divorce with his wife, it's starting to, it's, it's like a weird crossover right now, with, like, pop culture, and then, like, the science community, and the political community, because for some reason, people think Bill Gates is, like, behind, is masterminding a bunch of creepy conspiracy theories when it comes to politicians and stuff like that, but, He's getting a divorce with his wife. There's, you know, details coming out that he apparently had a, he had a, um, an affair with, with another employee that's part of Microsoft and, you know, seems bad, but, you know, every single, everywhere I look, I'm seeing things about Bill Gates and his wife and, oh, look at this. He, he looked at her this way that, you know, I'm a behavior, I'm a self-proclaimed behavior expert and the way that he turns his elbow Shows that he's been cheating for 12 years and all this weird shit. And it's just, it's really annoying. For some reason, there's like, there's a serious obsession with, right now in the public, to make every single part of your life, good or bad, a part of the internet. Where you can kind of seek validation for other people. I've talked about it many times on other episodes. But people are obsessed with people's private lives being put in the public. And and so many people play into that. Celebrities love to do it. They love to put every part of their life on Instagram. They love to have vlogs and stuff like that. And I just think, you know, 
leave, let Bill Gates and Melinda Gates go through their divorce. It's not our business. It's, you know, there's, there's articles coming out. They're like, Bill Gates was wearing his wedding ring at a virtual event nearly two weeks after announcing his divorce. Oh, could they be getting back together? Who fucking cares? At the end of the day, it's their, it's their issue. You know, it's their problem. If he was having an affair, let's be honest, guys. He, him, Elon Musk, and Jeff Bezos are constantly in the running for, you know, they're passing each other for richest, richest person, single people in the world. At least that's documented. I'm sure there's like some serious oil tycoons in Saudi Arabia that probably don't have all their money in a bank that can be traced and all their net worth, um, probably can't all be traced. So all, you know, of all the richest people that we could, you know, kind of track technically, Bill Gates is one of the, one of the, you know, the three, the three richest guys that's always, you know, year in and year out and, you know, it can change. And with Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk, it's changing all the time. But so you, you really think Melinda Gates doesn't, didn't know. I'm not, I'm not giving Bill Gates a pass, but like when you, when you make more money a second than most people make, you know, in a month, maybe even a few months, like, do you really think Melinda Gates didn't know? There's going to be a couple bitches on the side. Let's be honest, guys. Come on. Come on. Have you ever seen a movie where there's a really rich dude? Do they have one wife? You know, like in the the Kings and like Game of Thrones and stuff. Yeah, they had a wife, but, you know, there were a lot of women on the side. And I'm not excusing the behavior at all. I, I do not support cheating. I do not support polygamy and all that weird shit that, that people are into these days. But at the end of the day, it's not my business. I have an Xbox. I like Microsoft. I use Windows on my computer because it's the best operating system out there. Apple's trash. iTunes is trash. Everything that, you know, that that Apple makes is garbage. But yeah, so at the end of the day, as long as Microsoft, Microsoft keeps, keeps running, they keep taking care of my Xbox, my computer, I don't care. I don't care. It's not my business. Especially like... Something like this, you know, they they work together. Melinda Gates has like a high, a high, like a high stakes job on the board for Microsoft. So she probably has known. They probably talked about it. They they seem to have a very professional job, you know, our professional relationship at work. Why why is everyone so obsessed with people's personal lives and relationships on the internet? I just I don't understand it. These are private matters that you deal with privately. Like it always, it always is super weird to me when I see, you know, someone, someone on, like I always say, yeah, call me a boomer. I have Facebook, but that's where all my family, you know, that's how we all keep in touch. It's the only reason I have Facebook and to promote the podcast and future projects that I might be working on. But whenever I see someone, you know, tag someone on Facebook or Twitter, or Instagram, and they're like, it doesn't really happen on Instagram too much, I don't think. I'm literally never on Instagram. I'm on there twice a week to post and promote two of these episodes, and that's it. But when someone tags another person, they're like, oh, you you owe me money. Oh, you fucked my sister. All this shit. It's like, bro, what? either go to their house. If you, if, if you are an adult and you can control yourself and not fucking lash out with anger and resort to physical violence, if you're a mature person, talk to them in person, you know, hash it out over, like, you know, over the phone, like, you can, you know, you can call people still, you don't have to tag it on Facebook and make it a public thing, and then everyone else is given their input, and then you got 
two fucking 40-year-olds that have kids fighting and calling each other bitches and whores and hoes and all that shit. And I'm like, don't you have a kid? Don't you have a kid? Take care of your kid. It's not that important. Stop. We're not in high school anymore, guys. You're class of 1997. Why are you making high school drama on Facebook? Hash it out like real adults in person, or at least on the phone. Not in the public scene for everybody to see. But it's just one of those things, you know. I'm not a psychologist, so I can't I can't speak for other people on why they do it. But, you know, I, I know a part of it is validation and, and just their whole persona that they put out on the internet. They got to keep up with it. They got to, you know, the... The family vlog couple on YouTube with 5 million subscribers. They, they have to keep the persona going. That's what brings in money. So, yeah. I just I just wish that people would be more, you know, understanding. Like, they don't need to put it out in public. People, I feel like people are not going to be satisfied until we see their, like, divorce testimonies in court. You know, live stream to Twitch or something. It's really weird. Just leave him alone. Leave Bill Gates alone. So, that prince cuck, I don't remember I don't remember all the prince's names because I literally could give less of a shit about you know, the royal family. I think they're pointless. I think at the end of the day they really don't fucking matter for some reason people still are obsessed with what's going on with them. I forget the prince's name. There's a million princes. Half of them were on Epstein's island and they were, you know, doing stuff with underage kids and trafficked trafficked minors and trafficked adults and all that shit the prince that married an american that left the royal family he's he's coming out saying insane stuff talking about how he's against freedom of speech and it's like really funny to me because he's come he's come to america he finally now he now has the freedom to speak out against all the bullshit you know the royal family could or could not be doing he went on oprah nobody watches oprah oprah has four fans they probably tripled their audience size to 12 after they did this interview where they were just talking calling out you know the racism in the royal family and i totally believe that but now after using freedom of speech an american born right he's attacking it and he's saying oh it's quite it's quite bollocks isn't it we can't we uh you can say whatever you want i, I don't like that I'm like then go back to go back to the the shitty ass royal family in Great Britain that you hate so much. It's just it's really hypocritical. You never know what you got till it's gone. I I guess with his case he's had it for a few months and he already is thinking it's bullshit. It's because he can't. He's a pussy. He's 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 been sheltered his entire life. Every little criticism that the royal family has taken or anything said about him, his mom, d dad, brother. I don't know if he has sisters or whatever. It's all, you know, he was sheltered from it. So when he logs onto Twitter, he logs onto Google News or whatever, just goes anywhere on the internet and he sees something mean about him, cries a little British tear, drinks a little tea and crumpet, and then goes and cucks for his wife. It's pathetic. I mean, that's that's one of the that's one of the freedom of speech is one of the most important rights as an American. Especially for me, because, you know, like I said, I have a, I have a relatively small audience, but it's growing. It's, a, it's actually, it's a, I don't want to say exploding, but I'm going to say exploding. My audience has been exploding for a while and it's, I'm gr just growing in popularity. Nothing too crazy, nothing too huge, but 
as a podcaster, you know, I'm not I'm not talking about Blue's Clues. I'm not doing reviews on, you know, episodes of iCarly. I'm, you know, I'm talking about real life, real situations, things in the world, and my opinions may not be the most popular opinions. They might not even be correct because I'm not an expert. If I ever get anything wrong, I'm going to talk about it. I'm going to admit to it. So freedom of speech is something that I hold very near and dear to my heart as a podcaster. Not saying, you know, people are out there to cancel me. That hasn't happened yet. Hopefully it never does. But if it does, you know, like I say at the beginning of this episode, this podcast is a result of free speech because I am an American and I value that. And this outsider who married an American and came into America and is living in America is complaining about it. And it's just really funny to me. But he'll shut up soon. He'll realize once the limelight's off of him that nobody actually gives two, three, or four fucks about the royal family. Nobody cares anymore. You should stop caring too. Move on. Become a real American. Eat some bacon. Shoot some guns. And drop the F word on TV. So, Chrissy Teigen is in some heat right now, I saw. I'm sure you guys have seen. Or maybe you don't give a shit. Maybe this is the first time you're hearing about it, and I'm honored to, to, to give you the news. Chrissy Teigen, to me, is like the example 1,254,673 of how those who virtue signal 24-7 their whole identity is to put themselves on a pedestal and talk about how bad these problems are and how we need to fix them and how, and you know, the people that attack anybody who says anything, you know, mildly controversial or just different from what they're saying or what they think. Even if it's a comedian who literally their joke is to make, you know, they're, they're, the whole point of a comedian is to make jokes. It's to make a funny. They don't mean everything that they say. Some of their stories might be true, but at the end of the day, if it makes one person laugh, it's funny. And people like Chrissy Teigen, she's just like everyone else. She goes after people who might say controversial things or things that she doesn't agree with. She tries to cancel them and she virtue signals. She puts herself on a pedestal. And at the end of the day, I've always said, people who are virtue signaling this hard and they're going 24-7, always on the offensive, it's because they know deep down that they've done things that they could be canceled for. I don't think anybody should be canceled. Well, let me take that back. Obviously, I think, you know, I don't like snitching. I think that people can change. I think that people, I don't think, I know, everybody knows. People make mistakes. You say dumb things. And now that we have the internet, a lot of the stupid things you say that you used to just say with your friends or whatever when you were a kid riding bikes or playing in the basketball court or whatever, now it's on the internet. Now it's there forever if you are one of those people that is on the internet 24-7 like Chrissy Teigen. Chrissy Teigen is a, is a talentless hack. She just happens to be the wife of John Legend. She has like a bunch of pots and pans Useless shit that I, I will never use, I don't care about. If I'm getting fucking silverware, I'm going to get the most quality, you know, bang for my buck. I'm not paying for extra extra money for this bullshit just because it has Chrissy Teigen's five head on the front of it. I don't care. I don't care. Teach their own. If you want to pay extra money for, for the fucking landing pad forehead bitch Chrissy Teigen's pots and pans and spatulas and ladles and shit, go for it. You know, that's... That's the beauty about American capitalism. You can take your money wherever you want to. But so she right now is being... Um, what's the right word? She's being persecuted. People are trying to cancel her because she 
messaged some like some model. She DM'd her, I think, on Twitter and was saying, telling her to kill herself, basically. All kinds of stuff like that. And it's one of those things, you know, she came out and apologized, which is, you know, it's the right thing to do. If you say something, you do something wrong, you should apologize. But the problem is a lot of people, you know, in fear of getting canceled, rightfully so, because a lot of people have lost their jobs over things they shouldn't have, going back to freedom of speech, you know, that you have the right to say it, Depends on, you know, it's, it's a bit sticky because if you work for a company, you know, they don't want, they don't want your views if they're incorrect or whatever to represent the company. It's different. They're, they're case by case basis. Um, so, you know, there's nuance when it comes to that discussion, but if you have actually done something wrong, definitely go out and, and apologize. But a lot of people for fear of being canceled you know, or while they're being, you know, in the midst of getting canceled, they'll come out and apologize for something that they shouldn't be apologizing for. And that's when you give the power to the mob. And basically, you know, they're like, they have your voodoo doll now. They, you do what they say. And even after that, you're probably not going to be the same. You're probably, depending on your career, if you're, you know, if you're in the entertainment business, your agent's probably going to drop you. You know, things can get messy. But yeah, obviously, it's good that Chrissy Teigen came out and apologized, but like I said, this is another example of people that are constantly pushing themselves up, putting themselves on a pedestal to show how much they care about homeless people, animals, people in Africa, kids in kids in cages, you know, bomb victims in Iran, Afghanistan, Pakistan, all those places. People like that, that are constantly trying to persecute other people's because they're hiding something. They're hiding things that they know they could get canceled for. I don't think they should be canceled for them. As much as I dislike Chrissy Teigen, I don't wish anything bad on her. I want her to succeed. I want her husband to, to succeed. I think they're both really annoying Trump derangement syndrome celebrities who are constantly virtue signaling. But at the end of the day, it's not taking money away from me and my family. I don't think. I hope not. They're not affecting me and my family negatively. I'm starting to take people like them, you know, and using it to spin, you know, my own narrative and entertain people on my podcast. It's just more material. Whenever I see something stupid like this, I'm like, great, add it to my notes. Make sure to talk about it on my next podcast. Thank you, Chrissy Teigen, for, for giving me material to speak on and give my opinion on. But I just, I, I'm not in favor of snitching and attacking people's jobs to job places and workplaces and their employers to get them fired because they need to make a living. They they might have a family that needs to make a living and that they're providing for. And when you take that away from them for words, words are important. But like I've always said, and I'm not the first person to say, actions speak louder than words. And people are getting canceled for things that are jokes or things that they said a long time ago that they might not have meant. Or it just was a mistake, a genuine mistake. I've said a lot of things that I regret. A lot of things I wish I could take back. We all make mistakes. And I'm only 21 years old. When I was a kid, I said a lot of dumb stuff. And I'm really grateful that my family, that my mom and dad didn't let me have social media to go out and say these stupid things. Because a lot of the things, you know, it's hard when you're a kid, when your brain's still developing, it's not, you know, it's literally impossible for for kids, you know, 
like in middle school, if their brain's not developed, the part of their brain that helps them think in the long term for long-term consequences and effects, it's hard for them. It's literally impossible for them to think about the effects and the consequences and the reactions to what to the things they say and do. That's why you live, that's why parents, you know, hopefully are guiding their kids, help them make the right decisions because they're not able to. They're physically impossible. Their brain is not developed. And with Chrissy Teigen, you know, like I said, I'm not a fan of her. She's annoying. I think she's talentless. But at the end of the day, I don't wish anything bad on her. I don't want her to lose her, I don't want her to lose her, you know, her means of living. I don't want her husband to. I'm glad she apologized because it was a messed up thing to say. But, you know, hopefully that teaches her a lesson to, to stop putting herself on a pedestal and constantly virtue signal because it's getting old. A lot of people don't give a shit. But on the other side, a lot of people do. Like I said, actions speak louder than words. But when, a, you know, a talentless hack celebrity or even politician or even president of the United States, Joe Biden, when they tweet something, people people eat that shit up. They're like, oh my gosh. Like a good example, Joe Biden, I want to say leading up to the 2020 presidential election, it might have been a couple months, a couple weeks after he just tweeted unity and everyone was retweeting it. Everyone was hearting it. Everyone was so, oh man, Joe Biden's going to come. He's going to reunite America. He's going to save everybody from the orange man, the orange Hitler, the less intelligent orange Hitler billionaire, piece of shit, asshole, misogynistic pig. And then I just, you know, thought back to the, to the decades that he's been in politics, the decades of tough on crime the decades of locking up people for having an ounce of marijuana and supporting it and creating the bill, the Tough on Crime, the Tough on Crime Act. The, you know, the, the two terms where they allowed the Obama administration to drone strike and blow up many innocent children, you know, the sexual assault allegations, the misconduct. I was just thinking about that and then looking at the, the, the single, the one word tweet, unity. And it was weird. People, people nowadays, for some reason, words speak louder than actions when they shouldn't. They really shouldn't. So cryptocurrency is fucked. We're fucked. We're screwed. Pack your bags. We're getting the fuck out of here. Not really, though. So I haven't really talked about cryptocurrency too much on this podcast because I'm not a financial analyst. I literally just, in the past probably a little under a year... I've been getting into cryptocurrency. I'm still learning about it because it's such a new foreign concept to me and it's and it's you know it's the same way for the rest of the public, you know. Not a lot of people you'd be very hard pressed to find someone that could explain to you blockchain technology, explain to you DeFi, explain to you, you know, the differences between Ethereum, Cardano, Ripple, Bitcoin, Litecoin, Filecoin, all that stuff. There's a lot of different cryptos out there. And for the longest for the past, you know, few months since the pandemic really started, crypto has gotten really hot. A lot of people have been getting into it. A lot of people have been investing in it. And the biggies like Bitcoin and Ethereum, for example, have been exploding in percentage percentage gains. They they're up hundreds, thousands of percents from a year ago. Like if you if you trade crypto or if you, even if you trade stocks and you can look at the crypto graphs, you go to Bitcoin and you press a year and you look at the year 
in the past year, you look at its all time, you look at its high in the past year, and then you look at its low, and it's absolutely insane. A lot of millionaires, you know, were made from crypto in the past year. And good for them. Good for them for, you know, for doing their research and hopping on when they were supposed to. Or even even some people didn't do that much research. They just got lucky. But either way, good for them. Get your bags while you can. But crypto right now is, you know, it's actually, it's kind of back on the incline. It's starting to recover. A lot of people think we're in a, you know, we're still in a bull market, which is, you know, a term I'm not even going to try to explain. It's, it's, it's more it's more a visual thing you have to look at when it comes to statistics and graphs and numbers and stuff like that and patterns but cryptocurrency really took an insane dip a dip that I have not seen for a really long time and you know just like with stocks if you are invested in crypto you know or stocks you don't lose until you sell so you got to have diamond hands if you invested a lot of money you know obviously there's a dip and if you're in the place to buy more during the dip it's a good thing to do that just make sure, you know, do your own research. It's the main thing. The guy that got me into crypto always told me, do your own research. He was absolutely right. I did my own research, learned about things, you know, that he could be wrong about or things he didn't, things he missed or even coins that he didn't know about. So yeah, crypto right now is taking a big dip, but as long as you're, you know, as long as you have diamond hands and as long as, you know, the crypto you're invested in has a, you know, an actual real world utility and actually has the potential to grow in the future. There's no reason to sell now. It's just what I think, you know, I could be completely wrong, but what I think was happening with this huge crypto dip is that cryptocurrency was like an alternative way for regular blue collar, middle class and lower class people to potentially break through the stratosphere as far as financial class, break through the middle class, maybe into the upper class you know, overnight or in a week or in a couple months just by investing and putting their money, putting a little bit of their paycheck each week or each each month into cryptocurrency. They were a lot of people were able to break through and make lots of money. And I think, you know, the top one percent, the people that are the hedge fund guys, the hedge fund babies that have five yachts, the people that have insane amounts of money, they saw this, you know, they when other people are eating and they're not making money off of it, it upsets them and they got to hop on. So that's why we're seeing a lot of corporations and financial institutions buy into Bitcoin, buy into Ethereum, some of them buying into Ripple and Cardano and stuff like that. So they wanted to hop on. They wanted to eat also because for the $100,000 that, you know, Joe Schmo, who works at, you know, he's in a, he's a secretary or he's a, you know, he's an assistant editorial publisher for I don't know Tor Forge guy's not making that much but he's making a living you know he's in the middle class you guys already know the hundred thousand that he's making could potentially be 10 million dollars for the guys that have that much money to invest if something is the crazy thing is with cryptocurrency there are a lot of coins out there that absolutely have no utility that could 100% be scams there's a lot of them out there a lot there's a lot of shit coins out there is what people like to call them where they're like point zero 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 one of a penny but if you invest a hundred thousand dollars into that if you're one of those hedge fund guys and you invest a million dollars into that and that just it doesn't even have to go up to a penny if it goes up three decimal points that's how much more money your million dollars is turning into so we're seeing a lot of movements a lot of things going on with dogecoin 
meme coins, things that don't actually have utility, which is crazy because like we're seeing Dogecoin explode in price, but there's no utility for it. There, you know, things like Ethereum, Cardano, Chainlink, Polkadot, they all have real, they have, they all have actual technological problems that they're seeking to fix. So it was kind of annoying to see people hop on a meme coin and if only, if only the real utility coins could get exposure, you know, that would be great. But that all being said, I think those, all those corporations and financial institutions, you know, a lot of people were excited. They were like, oh man, this coin is for real. This, you know, this altcoin is really exciting, has a lot of potential because this bank is buying in. This corporation is buying in. Tesla's getting this. At the end of the day, they were trying to make money too. They weren't trying to help us. I don't know why anyone thought they were trying to help and that it would benefit us because once they made their money, I genuinely do think they all just started to sell. They all sold and then, you know, the regular investors started to sell and it just caused this really big dip. And then also pair that together with Elon Musk's criticism of Bitcoin and how much energy it uses, which is a 100% valid criticism. But when, you know, the grandfather, the veteran, you know, the pioneer of cryptocurrency takes a hit, the whole market usually takes a hit. So it was just one of those things I just, it was really bleak. You know, it's a bleak future for cryptocurrency because I think in these early stages before regulations, that was the chance for you to make your buck. And from here on out, we're going to get, we'll still have cryptocurrency, but it's going to be heavily regulated, heavily taxed. And, you know, the rich, the rich got richer from cryptocurrency. And for the most part, normal people didn't. And I just think it's never going to be that easy again. It's never going to be that easy to put in $10,000 into Dogecoin when it's less than a penny. And then it shoots up to 70 cents and, you know, you're super rich or whatever. Or you're not rich. Depends on your definition of rich. But it's just one of those things where I'm not too sure on the future. But luckily, me personally, I'm not going to share my portfolio. But... I am invested in some altcoins and a couple biggies, a little bit um, into the big ones, possibly. Um, <laughs> like I said, I'm not sharing my portfolio, but I am invested in things that are long-term holds, that are things that are young and that are I genuinely do think, and there's you know there's evidence pointing to them having real utility. They're working with governments to you know improve people's lives, to solve problems, you know that that they think need to be solved. So I I haven't sold. I'm holding on for the long term. It's the whole reason why I got into the game. And so yeah, my only advice is if you do get into cryptocurrency, know what you're doing. Don't listen to a guy on Reddit. Don't listen to anybody on Twitter. Take, you know, take, you know, take their, what they say and make of it what you will. But at the end of the day, do your own research. Find out exactly my strategy is when I find out about a coin and I look into it, I look how many people are holding it to make sure it's legit and it's not just five people are holding in it and it's a pump and dump scheme because that, that happened with a lot of coins. You look into it, find out exactly what type of crypto it is because there's not just one kind. Find out, you know, who's partnering with them. Stay away from celebrity endorsements because that's not always, you know, that can only carry the hype train so far. We saw it with Dogecoin, Dogecoin, um, 
Read what if they're trying to solve a problem. Read about how successful they are, how long they've been working at this, if they're new, if they have updates coming up. Get into the community, but also be wary, be skeptical, question everything. Because there are a lot of really strong communities out there that are almost cult-like. That can really, you know, they all they all are telling each other that this coin is going to hit $1,000 next month per coin. But there's no real evidence for that. They just want it to so they can pack their bags and they can become rich or whatever. So make sure you do your research on the coins. Make sure you know what you're getting into because at the end of the day, it's your money. You need to know what you're doing with it. Same with um, investing in the rigged stock market. The, you know, I'm not even going to talk about the stock market again, but just do your own research if you want to get into it. If not, that's fine too. Lori Lightfoot, my favorite mayor, my favorite inner city shithole mayor. Lori Lightfoot said recently, obviously I'm going to link the article down in the description, archived of course, because I don't want these lamestream media sites to be making any more money. They don't deserve it. Lori Lightfoot said that she is only going to answer journalists of color. If you would have talked to me two or three, maybe even four years ago, I would get really mad. But at this point, I just laugh at clowns like this. Clowns like Lori Lightfoot, Chuck Schumer, Mitch McConnell, Nancy Pelosi, you know, Lori Lightfoot, people like this are really good entertainment, but it's also kind of scary knowing that they're someone like her, the mayor of, you know, a city that has been a shithole, that breaks its own record for murders every single year, a place that has serious problems. You got, you have that one kid, I forget, I feel really bad, Adam Toledo getting shot and killed at night, walking around with a, with a known felon that had a gun when he wasn't supposed to. Problems like this. And you have a clown like this saying stuff like, I'm only going to answer journalists of color. I'm only going to allow journalists of color. This is ridiculous. Why why, why this extra from the Amazon Prime version of The Lord of the Rings, Lori Lightfoot, why she is the mayor of Chicago? I don't know. It blows my mind. People like Gavin Newsom, Andrew Cuomo. I don't understand how they've stayed in power for this long. But, you know, they're hungry for power. They find a way to stay in there somehow. I don't, I, I, I just don't understand... Why you would want to become the mayor of a city that needs that much help and then just do absolutely nothing to help it. Lori Lightfoot has done nothing to improve Chicago. She's only made it worse by, you know, sapping the confidence in the police force like she did with Adam Toledo. She blamed the police, talked about how bad the police are. The police hear that and the people of the community hear that. And it just makes the relationship worse and more volatile when at the end of the day, we need to have a working relationship between law enforcement and the community. Because if it's working correctly and they have trust in each other, you know, crime could be at a, crime could, um, you could lessen and it's not lessening. It's not getting better. Chicago is still a shithole. And now we have an openly racist mayor of Chicago. So I keep thinking we're hitting new lows when Chicago keeps breaking its records, but it keeps on getting worse. And my heart goes out to the people in Chicago that just want to make a living. They just want to improve their community. They want their kids to go to a safer school. They want to let them play outside with their friends. Breaks my heart knowing that you have clowns like Lori Lightfoot 
as a so-called leader of that community. I don't have the solutions to everything. I'm not one of those idiots who comes out and says, Oh, you know, I could be president. I could do this. Because I can't. I could never. But I know that this is not a solution. This this ain't it, Chief. This ain't it, Lori. Being openly racist to journalists that are not colored, this is not helping a single soul in Chicago. And, you know, the rest of the United States is paying attention. People are watching. People are laughing. People are crying at you. Like, at the things that you're saying. And, like I said, I don't know... I don't have the solutions for everything, but I definitely am smart enough to know that this is not it. This is not it. But, you know, we'll see. Hopefully people can vote her ass out and get someone competent in there. And I don't know if, obviously, you know, things, there are reasons why Chicago is the way that it is. There are multiple reasons. Um, it's, at this point, there's no there's no real point in pointing the finger and blaming Without finding a solution. Because if you just point, cool. You found out, you know, the root of the problem, who caused it. Whatever it might may be. But they're probably long gone. And you can't, you know, putting them in jail is not going to undo what they did. So we got to look forward. We got to look for multiple term, long term solutions. Because one mayor who serves a couple terms. I don't know if mayors are able to. I don't know if they have unlimited terms or if they can only serve so many terms. But long-term solutions, you know, it's in the word. It takes It's long-term. It takes a while. It might take decades to fix the problems in Chicago. But definitely I know for sure when there is distrust in the police in a big populated inner city like Chicago, that, you know, that, that, that makes it more, it makes it more, you know, scary and apprehensive whenever there's there's a, uh, whenever they're, I can't, I can't find the word, I'm, my, I'm brain farting. Whenever there's interaction between the police and the people of the community, and there's distrust, distrust that's been sown there by people like Lori Lightfoot, it increases the percentage and the probability of there being a conflict and something going bad. And that's not how it should be. There should be respect. There should be love between both people. The police officers should love and genuinely care for and have the best interest of the people in the community. And a lot of them do. A lot of them do. Anybody who says otherwise has never been out of the United States and seen the way that other countries' police force treats their people. For the most part, I do think people who are police officers and that are in the law enforcement do genuinely care about the people in the community. That's why they join the police force most of the time. Sometimes it's an Want to be alpha male who's pissed off and tired of being told what to do and, you know, he's power hungry. And that's a problem too. I've, I've addressed that in the past. Talked about how to weed those people out. But there also needs to be respect from the people in the community. The community needs to know and feel safe and know that whenever they need help, if they're unable to defend themselves or they don't want to, it's not for everybody. Not everyone, you know, there's a lot of reasons why, for example, firearms. Firearm, firearms are not, I'm pretty sure you cannot legally own a firearm in Chicago. That's a whole other problem in and of itself. But not everyone wants to own a firearm in their house. Not everyone, you know, could find themselves able and willing 
to defend themselves with a firearm if someone if they're in danger. That I think, you know, a good example I like to use. So I hate comparing, you know, it's hard comparing. I hate comparing you know, other countries to America when when people are trying to look for political and social issues when they're trying to look for solutions for these political and social issues because America is so big and because there's 50 states in the United States and there's also territories and because all those states have their own rights, I it's kind of like the European Union. The European Union is similar to the United States as in they have their, each individual country, you know, they have their own laws, but they're, you know, their guidelines that they have to follow with the European Union, the European Union is kind of like the United States in that sense. The leaders of the European Union, the people who make, you know, political choices in, in, you know, in that committee, they're making laws for the European Union. But at the end of the day, each country, like each state in the United States, they have rights also. They have different laws, different regulations. Like, for example, in California, I want to say California is the only state in the whole United States that allows, makes it legal where if you're a motorcyclist, you can weave in between lines and in between lanes in between cars to get through traffic it's a really scary thing but you know it's it's something california has that other other states don't have take of that what you will but switzerland switzerland is a country that's not part of the european union so they have their own currency they don't use the euro they use swiss francs and so they make their own laws they operate out of the european union one of the laws that they have that i learned about and it's a you know it's, I'm not saying the United States should do this, but I'll get onto that a little bit in a little bit after I explain. So they have a law in Switzerland where each household is required, it is required of you by law to have a firearm to defend yourself. And it is also required that every single member of that household learns and is trained on how to properly use a gun. So they know, they treat a, they treat a firearm the way it's supposed to be, the way it's supposed to be used. It's not supposed to be something cool. Of course, I love seeing a steel 1911 with little bits of gold in it and stuff like that. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, that's just the difference in culture between European countries and, and America. But so they know they treat a firearm as a tool of defense because that's what it is. It's something very dangerous. When put in the wrong hands, it could cause problems. But at the end of the day, Switzerland has such a low crime rate because criminals know <laughs> that everybody is strapped. Everyone knows how to use a gun. And fear of firearms could come from different, you know, there's different reasons why people could be afraid of them. But the main reason is that they just have never used one. They don't know how to properly use it. It's loud. You know, it's not for everybody. But I do think that if everybody was trained on it, and everyone, I'm not saying it should be required because there's a whole nother issue with America with their gun culture. Gun culture in America, they're like I said, they're not seen as tools of defense. You know, you see pictures of people dual wielding Tommy guns and something really dangerous and not safe, you know, talking about how cool they are. And they absolutely, 100%, they look great. Like I was saying, like a gold 1911 is sexy as hell. But they need to be treated the correct way. You need to be safe. And there are a lot of people in America that are very safe with their guns. They keep, keep them locked away in a gun cabinet. You know, they teach their kids once they come of age how to use it properly. They go hunting. You know, there are a lot of people. Most gun owners are very responsible. But I'm just saying if more, I do truly believe that, you know, if we were to follow a model like that, 
there would be less gun violence. But then also, on the other hand, if there's an issue with mental illness, if you give someone who's mentally ill and has patterns of violent behavior and psych psychotic behavior, it could be an issue giving them a gun. But I'm just saying, for Switzerland, you know, it works for them. might not work for America. They're different. There are so many underlying issues, different differences in culture and societal patterns. So saying what works for Switzerland will work for America is completely false. Like I said, I'm not an expert, but I just know, you know, I, I really do truly think that that, you know, it's a smart thing that they do. Having everyone trained and able to use one if they ever do, that's why they have such a low crime rate. You know, and also they have a small population compared to the United States. That's another thing. Whenever they, whenever someone uses a misleading statistic like, oh, crime in America is this, and then look at crime in Turkey. I'm like, yeah, Turkey does not have even close to the same population as the United States. You would have to compare the entire European Union. That's when it would get kind of close. But I still, still even then, I, I think the United States still has a bigger population. So circling back to what I was saying, just like Joe Biden's press conference lady. I don't have the solutions for everything, but I definitely can point out and identify when you know, when there's a piece of shit scumbag like Lori Lightfoot saying dumb stuff like that, further sowing the seeds of dissent in Chicago and making it worse. And I truly do hope that she can get voted out of office and we can get someone competent in there and, you know, get help to the community because, you know, I want what's best for them. I want them to send their kids to school safely. I want to let them play outside. I want businesses to be able to make a living, to provide services and goods to the people of the community and I want and I want Chicago to be better that's all and I know most people do so Lori Lightfoot this ain't it last last little bit I wanted to talk about something kind of funny maybe I'm a bad person for this Chelsea Handler I know if you guys have been listening to my podcast you know that I'm one of Chelsea Handler's biggest fans I love her I think she's hilarious I think she's a great spokesperson for women and for people all all around the world. Obviously, I'm being sarcastic. I don't know if you can tell with my monotone voice, but I don't like Chelsea Handler. Um, Chelsea Handler said that she is now deaf in one ear from the Moderna vaccine. And it's it's kind of ironic because at first, you know, in the past year or so, even longer before that, she was tone deaf, and now she's really deaf. Ain't that a bitch? Isn't that ironic? I'm not a doctor. I don't follow her lifestyle. Like I said, I'm not a fan. So why would I follow and support someone, be obsessed with someone's lifestyle and habits and shit that I don't like? I don't know her habits. I don't know her lifestyle. And I don't care to. It's not my business. But something just tells me that she's probably not deaf in one ear from the Moderna vaccine. I don't think she's deaf at all. I think she's lying. I think... She's not getting enough attention. Just like every other celebrity that posted those shitty ass I take responsibility videos and the Imagine singing all that all that garbage. She's probably not getting enough attention. Or it's totally possible that she was just bombing because her jokes are not funny. She was bombing. Nobody was laughing. And she couldn't she has too much pride to understand that she's bombing and nobody's laughing. Maybe she just thought she was deaf because no one was laughing, but really it's because her jokes are shit, 
She's not funny. She's never been funny. Maybe that's why she thinks she's deaf. I'm not sure. But in all seriousness, I hope she's not, she didn't go deaf in one ear. I hope she didn't, I definitely hope she didn't go deaf in one ear from the Moderna vaccine because a lot of people got the Moderna vaccine. But yeah, hopefully she's okay. At the end of the day, like I said, I don't wish anything bad on everybody. I may get a bit heated. I may, you know, get a bit insulting. But it's all, it's all out of love, guys. Come on. I don't want her to be deaf. I don't want her to be hurt. I want her to keep making shitty ass jokes. Keep making horrible movies and stupid remarks about 50 Cent and black people and how they can't vote certain way because they're black. I want this white savior, Chelsea Handler, to keep saying stupid shit for my entertainment, for me to talk about on my podcast and continue to make great content and make money for for myself. But that's about it for this episode. I'm sorry, I've been sipping my coffee periodically throughout this podcast. I hope you guys learned something. I hope you took something positive away from this podcast. If you took something negative away, please leave me a comment. Send me a voice message through Anchor so I can assess it and either say you're full of shit or use it to improve. That's that's how I see it. Always make the best of whatever, you know, whatever hand of cards you've been dealt. That's it's easy for me to say because I've had a very blessed life. I have a lot of great opportunities. I'm not I'm not going to shy away from that fact, but thank you for the support. Please continue to support the podcast. Please continue to listen. Share the podcast with all your friends, best friends, girlfriends, wives, dogs, neighbors, drywall, whoever will listen. Have them listen to the podcast. And as always, stay safe. Stay away from those crazies out there. Thank you.